0: Welcome back to
1: the MarTech Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Knit. Knit enables businesses of all sizes to find new audiences through audio ads on premium podcast content like CNN, Bleacher Report, and TMZ. They are a dynamic ad insertion platform that allows you to reach your audience by choosing which shows, geographies, and keywords you want to target with podcast ads. And since Knit is a self-service platform, there are no minimum order sizes. I'm a Knit customer, and I can vouch that it's an incredibly easy, cost-efficient, and effective way to market a product or service. If you're interested in learning about the Knit platform, I will personally walk you through their service and help you set up your first campaign. To book a podcast advertising strategy session with me, click the link in our show notes or go to benjshap.com slash knit, K-N-I-T. That's B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P dot com slash K-N-I-T. So click the link in our show notes or head over to benjshap.com slash knit to leverage the power of podcasts and start building your new audience today bringing podcast advertising to the people. That's Nit. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about how emerging technology and manufacturing companies based in China are marketing themselves for international expansion. Joining us today is Francis B., who is the founder and managing director of 11 International, which is a cross-border marketing and communications firm for VC-funded robotics, AI, and blockchain companies looking to establish a presence in new markets through the use of PR, influencer marketing, video production, and just generally brand development. Today, Francis is going to tell us about his thoughts on how to create an effective go-to-market strategy for a worldwide audience. Here's the second part of our conversation with Francis B., the Managing Director of Eleven International. Francis, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here.
1: It's great to have you back. Uh, yesterday, we covered a ton of ground. We talked a lot about sort of the cultural differences between China, US, what are some of the reasons why Chinese companies are starting to branch out and expand worldwide, and some of the core reasons why those companies can struggle at times to establish a presence outside of China. Today, I want to talk a little bit more about what are your core services, which is helping Chinese companies establish an appropriate tone, voice, brand presence as they expand. So walk me through the playbook that you use when you meet a Chinese company in an emerging market that wants to have a presence here in the United States.
2: First off, a lot of the companies we work with actually have English speakers, which tends to be great in the sense that they might have an understanding of generally what's going on. However, they tend to be a bit more generalized. So with that being said, we like to walk them through the differences in the beginning between how the US market works versus how marketing might work in the China market. One example is, particularly when it comes to things like public relations, Actually, in China, you can pay for your results. And that, I think, tends to be a bit of a surprise for people who are doing marketing from the States, where you can actually pay journalists for placements.
1: Wait, you can pay journalists for placements? Yeah. (laughs) Why haven't I been doing that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So marketing in China, a lot of it has to do with large budgets, particularly with a lot of these BAT-style companies where they're flush with cash cash tends to be king in the landscape here whereas in the states pay to play doesn't always necessarily mean results we tend to have to walk them through those differences and that tends to be that first step and then secondly of course is trying to figure out their product positioning because at this point it's no longer about these companies competing with chinese companies it's about these companies competing globally since the us is tend to be seen as a stepping stone per se where if they tackle the U.S., then the rest of the world will know about their product. So we tend to work with them in that, in figuring out that competitive differentiation from the product or even from the corporate side. And of course, then working with them on the customer profile. And then particularly when it comes to things like communications or influencer marketing, for them, even though that is an area that they're not necessarily considered to be experts at, and that's where you see a lot of these companies looking for services in, Facebook advertising, Google advertising, those are areas that they're actually very comfortable with. And that's one of the things that they've been consistently and aggressively been using for direct user acquisition. But you'll find as a lot of these companies will come to you and they say, we've hit that peak where we've shown our ads to almost as many people as we can. And they've come to that realization where they also need to build a brand now.
1: So you mentioned that there's a couple of different things that you focus on to help Chinese companies get ready for expansion. Part of it is there's just generally a strong inclination to lean towards performance-based marketing, direct response. And so the idea of doing brand building, organic and awareness marketing, things like PR tend to be out of the comfort zone for most Chinese companies. And then that the notion of paying to play to drive direct traffic is not something that companies are necessarily aware of as a process. Knowing that that's the dynamic, when you're putting together positioning and segmentation, when you're thinking about how to promote your customer, how to promote your product and who you're promoting it to, how does the process about figuring out your positioning and segmentation differ without having a lot of familiarity in driving organic growth?
2: They tend to sort of leave it up to you to <laughs> help them decide and them hiring you. But when we're looking at their product, we tend not to think of it too differently from a product that you might find locally in the states. So we work off of that to start.
1: Okay, talk to me about expansion beyond just the United States. When you're building your segmentation, your positioning with Chinese companies. I understand that the U.S. market is one where Chinese companies might think if they tackle the U.S., they can tackle the rest of the world. But what do you think about for developing a brand that is extensible beyond just the difference between China and the United States? There's a whole rest of the world out there.
2: It's funny because the states tended to be seen as a thought leader. And of course, there's localization that happens. But a lot of what we've worked with in terms of the clients is helping them to try to tackle the U.S. first. And leveraging that, especially because a lot of these companies are usually in the Series A stage, where they don't necessarily have massive budgets to be able to hire multiple agencies in different regions. They use this as sort of a launching pad to be able to take that voice and disseminate it through the rest of the world, whether it's just through simple translations in other markets. But for the companies that are more focused on regions in, for example, Southeast Asia, They will work with agencies there to develop their positioning and such specifically for those regions. But you'll find that a lot of the companies actually, despite the fact that they hire an agency, don't work internally themselves because of that large China diaspora that you'll find in those markets and build positioning internally. For example, like Singapore, I believe, is 70% ethnic Chinese or even more. So, actually, in a lot of these Southeast Asian countries, these companies are actually targeting those markets because it's seen as sort of a stepping ground that's easy to be able to test out various campaigns and then feel more comfortable about targeting the tier one markets like the U.S.
1: Have you seen a different channel mix when companies are expanding from China to the U.S. and then the rest of the world I know that you mentioned that direct response is sort of the primary way that customer acquisition is driven in China. U.S. can be a little bit more brand difference. Are there other commonalities or differences that you've known in terms of channel mix based on region?
2: It really is driven by performance. Of course, things are changing in the sense that a lot of these larger companies have a realization where branding is becoming a bigger deal. So you'll find a lot of them spending more money on even TV advertising. But generally speaking, a lot of these companies tend to stick to their comfort zone. And in terms of their proficiency or understanding of marketing, you'll find that China in general maybe lags a little bit behind in terms of the sophistication of of their marketing activities. So as a result, they tend to definitely stick with their comfort zone.
1: Okay. Last question for you before we let you go. We talked a lot about sort of the differences between the U.S. and the Chinese market and the expansion plan of developing a brand and trying to cultivate new channels and focus on organic growth product positioning. For people that are interested in developing a career in international business and specifically in international communications, what advice do you have for them?
2: I would actually take a step back and try to understand the local cultural differences that you'll find. And I emphasize this a lot, but that tends to be at least where China and the States are concerned, the big differentiating factors in learning how and why people think the way they do. Because when you're working with people from very diverse backgrounds, some of the things that you get used to, for instance, if you're coming from the States and let's say you're speaking English to one of your colleagues, Even though you might be speaking the same language, the way they necessarily interpret that language or some of the subtle differences in the meanings and such may not necessarily translate the way that you had intended to, or sometimes how you speak about certain subjects may not necessarily resonate. And so just having that understanding is extremely important. I've had executives before who felt that despite their conversations with their local teams, they weren't actually able to communicate exactly how they felt about certain subjects, whether it's about their plans or strategies or even how to manage local teams. So being able to have that understanding actually goes a long way.
1: I hear you. I think that being able to communicate is definitely core to a marketer's job. And mostly when you're talking about career development, being able to understand what your company's mission is, is a huge component. So I think that's great advice. And I think it's interesting to hear about the internationalization, not only of companies coming from China, but also what their marketing strategies are. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Francis B. from 11 International for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Francis, you can click on the link in our show notes to see his bio, or you can go to his website, 11.international, which is 11.international. A special thanks to Knit for sponsoring this podcast. If you're interested in using podcast advertising to grow your audience, I will personally walk you through the Knit platform to help you get your first test campaign set up. So click the link in our show notes or go to benjshap.com nit knit. That's B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.com slash K-N-I-T to book your podcast strategy session with me to start leveraging the power of podcasts to grow your brand. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we've created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Here's a quick example of a listener question that we'll be answering in an upcoming episode. Hey Ben, it's Emma from the UK, loving your podcast by the way. So my question is, my board doesn't believe in social media marketing. How can I show the ROI and social connect it to more conversion-driven tactics? Of course, you can always reach out to us on social media. My handle is Ben J Shapp, and you can find us on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got some great episodes lined up for you, including our episode next week, where we'll be talking about how to become a guest on podcasts. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed next week. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.